I'm excited about this series, and for some of you, this will be brand new stuff. For others of you, you're gonna hear hear some things that you already you might already know. But the purpose of it is that the body as a whole can come together in edification and unity and understanding in the spirit. We're we're going to be starting a series on kingdom living and how to partner with Holy Spirit in your lives, in our church and in your daily lives. To understand that you have Holy Spirit with you all the time. All the time. And I got some interesting things to say about that later that I don't want to jump into right, right now. But the Word of God says, Paul said to the Corinthians, Brethren, I would not have you be ignorant concerning being spiritual. It says spiritual gifts, but it that gifts is italicized. He didn't want the church to be ignorant about being spiritual. And we need not to be ignorant about being spiritual because we are in a time and an hour that the world needs to see the glory of God and the power of God manifest. To see that there is a counterculture to what the world and the, the kingdom of darkness is selling. They need to see that there is not only a different way, but a better way. And that only happens through the body of Christ. Which you are. You are the body of Christ. You know that? And then look, I'm looking at the body of Christ right now and he's pretty good looking. He looks good. Amen? Yeah. So, another thing that we need to understand with, with our church family here is that we are, I kind of jokingly say, you know, a lot of people really, um, like I'm German or I'm Italian, and they're big in their her heritage and stuff like that. And, they're, and the same thing in the church world. Well, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Presbyterian. Or what, you know, my pedigree is I'm a spiritual mutt. I've been mixed in with a bunch of them. <laughs> right? And, 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 and this congregation is a lot like that. We, we have people here that have Methodist backgrounds. We have people here that have Catholic backgrounds. We have people here that have no backgrounds at all. We have people that have Pentecostal backgrounds, right? We, um, Assembly of God backgrounds. We, we have all different types of backgrounds here. And when we come together, we're all coming together with different lenses, right? Different things that we have been taught that we view Scripture through. And it's a hard thing to do, but it, it's possible to lay down our lenses and let God give you a lens. And it's important for us to be all on the same page when it comes to these things because there's great power in unity and being in one accord. Right? And so this is going to be a long series and, and we're going to be teaching on Holy Spirit and 
the proper use of, of the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about tongues. Yes, this is a tongue-speaking church. You didn't know that, did you? Well, if, if you're worried about that, might as well just forget about it because everybody's seen your car parked out there already, so they already think you're one, right? So, But if you think about that, we have taken something that Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has given us as a blessing, and we've made people afraid of it. Don't you think that maybe there's a reason why the enemy has put such a stigma on that? Right. Right. Right, exactly. And that's why that's what we're, that's why we have to get understanding. We we need to understand what the Bible teaches about these things. Because there's a blessing, there's a blessing in the in that. Starting right off in Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for truly or for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Can you turn my gain down a little bit? But you, verse 8, shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Think about this. Jesus told the early church to wait. He told the early church to wait to not do anything until they received the promise from the Father. See, when I read these words, I'm reminded what Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, wait for me. Don't do anything until you receive what the Father has promised. Why? Because you won't be able to do anything. You will not be able to bear fruit if you do it in your own strength, in your own ability. And too many Christians live their life, too many churches operate with, with beautiful programs, great technology, fancy things, but they're doing it in their own strength, in their own ability. And we're not seeing the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven as God intended. Just as, understand this, the reason why Jesus gave this imagery of this vine with branches on it and to abide in the vine is because the same sap, right? The same sap that was in the vine flows into the branches. That's the imagery he's trying to get across. And because of that sap flowing into those branches, it naturally produces fruit. It doesn't produce fruit because the branches are so wonderful. It doesn't produce fruit because the 
Branches are so wise and intelligent. It doesn't produce fruit because the branches are super dupers. The only reason it produces fruit is because the vine sends the sap into the branch to cause it to produce fruit. Right? And that's what Jesus is saying here about Holy Spirit. That if you abide in Holy Spirit, you will produce fruit. So how do we abide in Jesus? How do we abide in the vine? Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. How long is forever? When does forever end? Think about that. Think about that. You, you better get used to to communing with Holy Spirit because He's going to be with you for a long, long time. Think about that. When you get to heaven, you are, you are still joined to the Father through the Spirit, through Holy Spirit. It's forever. Colossians says that we, the fullness of God dwelled in Jesus and we had the fullness of God in us. How? Because we have been attached to the vine. It's forever and ever and ever. Jesus Christ became a man. Do you understand that? Do you know who sits at the right hand of the Father? A resurrected man. Jesus forever. Do you understand? When He stepped out of eternity and came into time and space, it wasn't just Him lowering Himself to become His creation for three and a half years. He chose to become His creation forever. Forever. That's how much God loves us. Jesus stepped out of everything He was up until that point and came and became a man. He died as a man, or He lived as a man, He died as a man, He resurrected as a man. The God-man. He was always God, but Philippians tells us He laid down everything that made Him God when He came into, exi into exist in physical existence in the earth. i got to be careful because some of our Jehovah Witnesses will think I'm preaching Jehovah Witnesses. He, he, when He became a man, that's not when He was created. He was forever God. He's part of the Trinity. He's eternal. All right? I don't want you to get misled. Think about that. And we abide in Him forever through Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is with us forever. And He says, it's the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. Listen to this. I will come to you. I thought he just said that he was leaving, but he was going to send the promise. He was going to send the Holy Spirit to, to be with them forever. But then he turns around and he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Well, who's coming to you? Is it Holy Spirit that's coming to you or is it Jesus coming to you? Yep. 
Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. They are one. They are one. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit are all one. If you have one, you have them all. Do you understand that? So there's a lot of people that wish that that wish that they could walk this earth when Jesus walked this earth. They wish they could be one of the disciples. They wish that they could, could hear Jesus talk. They wish they could ask Jesus questions. What, how wonderful that will be. Jesus just said that He will come to you. We already have Jesus forever. You have Him. You are walking with Him daily. You can ask Him questions every single day. He can lead and guide you into all truth. But, but you neglect it. And that just tells me that if Jesus was in the flesh, you would walk away from Him too. Holy Spirit is the most... If, I guess if you want to see, you know, everybody talks about the nature of Jesus. How, you know... He, like I've said this before, people look at God the, God the Father as the dictator, as a mean, lightning bolt, chucking, bearded man in the sky. And Jesus, he's the nice guy. And Holy Spirit, he's spooky. You know, I think Holy Spirit gives us a a beautiful picture of the characteristic of God. Because He is the most neglected. He is the most shunned in the church. He is the most... We're not going to talk about Him. He is the most... When you pray, have you ever prayed with Holy Spirit. Talk to Holy Spirit. Some of you have never talked to Holy Spirit. Think about that. You have someone that has is willing to be with you forever. Has committed himself to you forever. Think about how committed God is. Think about how long-suffering God is. Think about how merciful some of, you, some of you, if someone just ignores you for a little bit, I'm done with them. They never call me. That's what's so funny. So many people get upset because, oh, I never get a phone call. You know, Last time I checked, that phone works both ways. Maybe if you're thinking about someone and, and, and thinking that why haven't they called you, maybe you should jump on the phone and call them. Well, maybe if you were communing with the Holy Spirit, maybe you would have known that. I'm sorry. But, but we get upset about the dumbest stuff. And look at the nature of Holy Spirit. Some of you, it's been over a year since you've talked to Holy Spirit. Some of you, it's never been. 
But if you want, if you want Jesus in your daily life, if you want to walk with Jesus, he says, I will come to you, I have come to you, and he's come to us through, through Holy Spirit. So Jesus says that we can't bear fruit unless we abide in Holy Spirit. And then he told the early church not to do anything until they receive Holy Spirit. And when they were baptized in Holy Spirit, they would receive power. This power is to bear fruit. This power is to bear the fruit of the kingdom of God in the earth. And that's amazing. And that's good news. See, victory in this present age is only found in the baptism of Holy Spirit and the gifts He supplies to the church. And understand something right now. When you heard the word baptism, I'm not talking about that one time you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's baptism in water. The Bible talks about multiple baptisms. We were baptized into Christ, right? In His burial, death, and resurrection. What does baptism mean? It means to be submerged into, placed into, right? Right? They call John the Baptist. Because if they would have translated his name, he'd be John the Dipper. Because that's what he did. He dipped people into, under the water. So when you hear baptism in the Holy Spirit, that means you are being submerged into Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches that this is not a one-time thing. In Ephesians, Paul actually says that we need to be, be being filled with Holy Spirit. Jesus taught that from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This is a continual thing. So just praying once, getting prayed for once, getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues once, doesn't mean that that's the will of God. He wants you to continue being filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to continue walking in that river of living water. He wants you to continue being immersed, sealed, vacuum sealed with Holy Spirit, walking in that, uh, like a, a bubble of submersion in the Spirit of God. It's a constant life. It's a constant thing. You, you see in the Bible, that on the, on, in Acts chapter 2, that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 4, it says that they were all filled with the Spirit again. And some of you need to be filled again. Because vi victory is only found through the power of God. Fruit is only manifest through the power of God. The kingdom and the glory and the goodness of God is only seen through the operation of the Holy Spirit. And we are in a third great awakening. We are in a third great awakening right now. God is doing amazing things. Just because you spend all your time watching CNN and Fox News and all that talk, talk radio garbage, you need to tune into what God, God is doing. You need to start tuning in. Tuning out and tuning in to what God is doing. Because you are going to be filled with something. We just talked about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. A lot of us are submerged in the garbage of this world. And, and listen, you might be sitting there thinking, well, what I do ain't sin. You know, I might be submerged in things, but it's not sin. Anything that distracts you from God is sin. And, and truth of the matter is, is, is sin, the only sin that there is now, 
in Christ Jesus is the sin of unbelief. And really that's all what sin is. Sin is you, you not trusting what God has said is his perfect will for your life. You doing contrary to your new creation identity in Christ Jesus. You living contrary. You thinking that joy and contentment. You, you, you not trusting God to be your provider. We have, lots of, we have lots of things to look at right now. We have lots of things to submerge ourselves into. Maybe it's time for the church to submerge itself in the Spirit. You know, this isn't part of a message, but you know, I, I taught this um, for tithes and offerings a couple weeks ago, but Isaac sowed in famine. There's a, there's a lot of people that God's t- telling them to do something and you're thinking, well, now, now's not the time to do it. This, 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 and this is happening. Are you going by the wisdom of this world or are you going by the Spirit? And he reaped a hundredfold. Listen, in, in these times, in, in, when they're shaking, shaking, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Thank God we are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And there's great opportunities in the midst of shaking just as long as you're not shaking. Unfortunately, it seems like when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's there's two camps that we, or two places that we find people in. First place are those that sit around and if I offend you, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. It's your fault. Are those that sit around and talk about moves of the Spirit from days gone by. They're constantly talking about things that happened in the past. They're talking about what God did then. Or what God did there. They're always, God, God can do anything, but He's not doing anything now. He, he, he did it all then. And then there's those that are like the believers in Ephesus when Paul showed up there and asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit when they believed. And they said, we didn't even know. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So you have people that experience things in, in the Spirit in the past, but now they're as dry as the bones that Elijah spoke over. And then you have people that, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know no Holy Spirit does anything today. I don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. You also have many people that have seen strange and weird things of the flesh that were blamed on Holy Spirit. And what this does is it brings confusion to many and at the worst causes people to run the other direction. Just because it's weird doesn't mean it's Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? 
Here, here's one of the issues. One of the issues is that when it comes to Holy Spirit, people mimic what they've seen. They don't mimic what the Bible says. And don't get me wrong, I have no problem with strange things. Just as long as it produces the fruit of the kingdom. You can spit in mud and make mud and put it on someone's eyes if you want to. You can wet your ears and put it in someone's e- or your fingers and put it in someone's ears. If they can see and they can hear afterwards, don't do it. But being weird just for weird's sake. And being controlled by the flesh. Understand something. Religion is religion. Religion is you trying to get God to do something. Religion is you trying to get God to do something. If you need to have goosebumps going up the back of your neck to believe that Holy Spirit is in this place, you are of the flesh. Do you understand that? If you need to speak in King James these and thou's when you give a word to someone, you're of the flesh. There's nothing wrong with it if that's your personality, but if you think that that you have to speak that way, you can't speak in everyday English to give someone a word. You have to perform. It's of the flesh. If we, if we, we, we think that we have to do anything to get God to move in this place, it's of the flesh. God moved 2,000 years ago. God moved. God moved, and He's not going to move again. See, that, 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 that worries people. He's done. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for His enemies to be made His footstool. And last time I checked, His feet are in the body. God has given us all the gifts. He's given us His grace. He's given us His power through Holy Spirit. He's given us the fruit of the Spirit. He's given us the name. He's given us the blood. He's given us all these things. It's ours already. God, we're not waiting on God. Listen, whatever your problem is in your life, you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you. And every time you see the Holy Spirit move in Scripture, some of you need to go back, or maybe for the first time, read the book of Acts. Read Jesus ministering to people. Whenever it moved in Scripture, it calls people to to praise and wonder at the glory of God. It caused people to be strengthened and encouraged and edified. It moved unbelievers to desire to embrace Jesus. It moved witchcraft and sorcerers to say, I want what you have. I'll give you money for it. In other words, it produced it produced the fruit of heaven. The fruit of the kingdom. When someone does something and says that it's of Holy Spirit, 
but it's not producing the fruit of the kingdom, there's a good chance that it's of the flesh. And when you operate in the flesh, you are literally abusing the body of Christ. And they, you need to stop it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, the Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth that he does not want them to be ignorant concerning the gifts of Holy Spirit and their proper operation. But can you agree with me that there is few subjects that the church seems to be more ignorant about than this one? About operating the gifts of the Spirit. Knowing how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Knowing that the Holy Spirit wills to for each one of us in this room right here to operate in His gifts. It's not for the super duper. It's for the body of Christ. It's for the body of Christ. And if you're part of the body of Christ, that means it's for you. It's for you. The good news is that we don't have to be ignorant. And that is what this whole series is going to be about. And I have one question before we get into this. See, that was just the intro. One question I have that I want you to ask yourself, and that's this. Do you, do you long to see miracles have supernatural knowledge, healing, signs and wonders, and other manifestation of God's kingdom occurring in your life on a regular basis? You need to ask yourself that question. Now, I'm not saying, do you long to see that happen in the church? I'm not saying, do you long to see Pastor Chad operate in those things? I'm asking, do you long to see Holy Spirit manifest Himself in power in your life, through your hands, through your tongue. Do you, wish, do you, do you desire this? Because if you don't, I mean, your answer should be yes. Because if you got the Spirit of Christ in you, and that Spirit desires it, but if it's not, if you don't, listen to me. This is so important to you. I don't care how old you are. If you have breath in your lungs, I don't care how young you are. You young people, if you could understand what's available to you now and learn from a young age to walk in communion with Holy Spirit, you would avoid so many pitfalls in this world. Listen, you always hear people say, man, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and I would, I would I'd be such a successful person because I would do all this stuff. Do you know that the Bible literally says that Holy Spirit will show you things to come? He'll show you things to come. But if you don't desire this, if you do not desire to see more of the Spirit of God manifest in your life, and what I mean by manifest, 
It's not to see more of God in your life. You already got it all. You understand that? When you embrace Holy Spirit, when you, when, when you embrace Christ, you become one spirit with Him. And when you embrace Holy Spirit to come upon you and baptize you and drench you in His power and His ability, that is here forever and ever. You have the opportunity to walk in that every single day of your life. Walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you will see the kingdom of God manif manifest. You have that ability. We don't, we're not waiting. Again, we're not waiting on God. It's a reality. Your faith doesn't make it happen. The faith of Christ made it happen. Your faith is just adds your amen to what Christ has already accomplished. Right? It's yours. Embrace it. It's yours now. But if you don't desire this, can I get this through this? I, I strongly encourage you to get alone with God. Get alone with God and ask Him to soften your heart and to give you His desires. His desires for you. That He would give you the desires of your heart. And that He would give you His desires for the world around you. There are so many people that are happy with status quo Christianity. I'm going to heaven one day. And they're just gripping the back of the seat waiting for it to happen. When God wants to bring heaven to earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And He's going to do that through you. He's going to do that through me. I can't overemphasize this. You really need to be concerned. You need to be concerned about the condition, the hardness of your heart if you do not long to see more of God manifesting in your life. And our goal in this series is to empower you to walk in confidence in Holy Spirit, living a life that is naturally supernatural. Many say we need to return to the book of Acts. Well, guess what? We can't. We can't go back to the book of Acts. Right? We just talked about a time machine. We don't have time machines. Forget about going to that, back to the book of Acts. We can't, we can't do it. Right? But you know what we can do? We can return to the same principles that they walked in in the book of Acts. And we can see the same results that the book of Acts had in our life by walking in Holy Spirit and walking in the power of Holy Spirit. That is available to us today. We can return to those. And I think the church needs to do that. We need to return back to the same principles that the early church walked in. And we will see the same results. Amen? So like I said... A lot of us come from different backgrounds. And what I've asked, I'm asking Pastor Tom to come up and share his testimony 
his experience with receiving Holy Spirit for the first time. And then I'm going to share my experience. And I'm going to show you, it, it will show you how different it is. See, the problem is, is that again, we mimic what we see in the flesh. And I'm here to tell you that God uses many ways, many methods. Some are very flamboyant. And again, that a lot of times that has to do with the atmosphere you, you're in and, and the, 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 the type of ministry that's going on. And some of it is just as natural as that. It just seems as natural as anything, but it's, it's actually very supernatural. All right? So, Pastor Tom, come up and share your experience. All right. You guys enjoying this so far? I'm excited. I got my, my engine's revving. This is awesome. But uh, just give you a little, um, uh, I got a timer set too, so I won't go too long. Um, a little background. Um, so my experience in the church, um, my, my mom was raised Catholic. My dad was, I don't know what he was raised. But um, so we, I remember that was my first wandering off the farm. Anyways, so that was my first experience in the church. And then we, like uh, Pastor Chad said, he declared he was kind of a religion, like a mutt, you know, type thing. So we, we um, tried a few churches. But overall, um, I grew up in uh, the same church and um, through my youth and, uh, and then into my um, teens by the time I graduated high school. And, uh, but I saw the gifts of the Spirit modeled well for me. I would say decent and in order. So as a kid, I was very, very observant um, with that. Um, I remember at a very early age, my, my dad came to the Lord my, um, in the mid-70s. Um, so I remember that as a kid. I was a young kid. I was born in 69, so I was around five or six years old, somewhere in there, seven years old. Um, but I saw a change in my dad. And I, I remember just glimpses, moments of being on the floor, and he was uh, laying down. Um, and I remember, this is just, this is just a vivid memory of my, my childhood, of him weeping. And uh, like, he was overcome with the love of God. And he, he received the infilling of the Holy Spirit and being born again and all that. And I remember him, I remember him praying in a different language. I didn't understand it. I didn't think it was weird. I was just like awestruck, okay? And then my aunt, who was about four years my four years older than me, we were at her house one day, which is currently my parents' house, which is irrelevant to know, but um, she was talking to me. She had recently received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I didn't know that. But she, she began to pray in tongues, and I was like, what's that? And then, like, I was, it, it caused me to, like, desire, like, whatever you just had happened, I want that. So there was different things through my life that, where I saw things on display, people filled with the Holy Spirit. We call, we refer to it in the Christian kingdom, Christendom as on fire, you know, when you're on fire. Uh, and, and all that, and I, I took notice of these people through my life. And 
that desire was in me. So as, a, at a, as 13 years old, very similar to my, my children's age, uh, 14 and almost 17, but um, when I was 13 years old, um, I saw my need for a Savior. I, I've shared that. But I, I cried out to God, and uh, I was born again on March 3rd, 1983. And then in August of 1987, uh, I had gone to a... Um, a youth camp uh, through my church, uh, a bunch of other churches from uh, around the state of Michigan, most of the lower portion of the state of Michigan, um, would meet at this church camp. Well, this one in particular time, um, the friends I was hanging around with at the time, they had, a, you know, every night um, after all the activities and things you go through in, in camps and all the fun you have, usually um, there's a meeting, a, a congregational meeting, worship and, and all that. And uh, so there was a, a few nights prior, uh, one of the first few nights, I'm not sure how long this camp went. This was 35 years ago. Okay, give me a little break. Give me a little slack. But, um, but uh, I saw something different in some of my friends. Now, we didn't always sit together at, maybe in these, in these meetings, but something was different. And I was like, whatever you got, I want. Like, What's going on? And going back, I probably knew what was going on, but I was like, I want that. And that seeing a, a drastic manifested change, uh, 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 really it was the love of God just pouring out of them. And it, there was, I don't know how else to say it. As a kid, you're, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this. I'm like, whatever this is, I want. And we've, all, we've all probably experienced that at some time. Or another. So um, during one of the meetings, um, there was either an invitation or just a time where uh, it was just a time of worship. And um, I, 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 you know, I, I have broken memories of really how the, the service went on. It doesn't really matter. But I just remember going off to the side. There was, you know, the different ministers, the different youth pastors and, and assistants and all that stuff were, were walking around and praying with people and things. And I just, I desired, I was just sitting down on the side. I don't know if I was with somebody or not. I'm not sure. But I remember my youth pastor. Um, she was just one of the most integral people in my life. Um, if I mispronounced that word or used it completely wrong, I don't know. But she was a big impact on my life. And um, she prayed with me, and I was just like, I told her, I want to I be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want this. And... Um, so we prayed, and I was like a, my experience, I was like struggling, like I was like, come on, I want this, you know, and uh, maybe it was just me thinking I had to, like I had to do something, like Pastor Chester, like I got to do something, and, uh, and either way, she, she prayed with me, and, and then she probably visited a few other people, and I was just sitting there praying, worshiping, and probably in reality, I was probably begging God <laughs> for this, like, come on, I want this. And uh, she come back to me, and I, for whatever reason, I don't know what clicked, or I still don't really fully under, comprehend what it means, but she said something, and I received. She said, you have your mind, you're focused on the gift. I want you to change your focus to the giver. Something clicked. <laughs> I don't know. But it, I believe that was Holy Spirit speaking through her, to me, because right after that, I received. 
And there was something different. There was another experience beyond being born again. And I began to worship in a different way. And I received a, a new language to worship in and to pray in. And I experienced that fire that I, that I desired. Um, but like Pastor Chad reminded us, the Word says, it wasn't a 35-year-ago experience and that was it. No, it was, I didn't know this, I didn't learn this right away. I learned it over time. But it's a continual infilling. It's a continual decision to, to, to practice his presence. Um, you know, Pastor had also mentioned, you know, being filled with the world, being filled with the things of this world, the junk. And, you know, through my life, I'm not going to go into detail or whatever, but those times where it didn't, it, it does nobody any good in your life to, for you to be filled with the junk of this world, to be filled with yourself. But I remember all these moments where I was choosing to receive fresh infilling of Holy Spirit, fresh filling for every day. And those moments in my life benefited not only me, but those who were around me. And I could tell story after story, and I'm sure you all have similar testimony. But we're a Holy Spirit. We can see that through the book of Acts as they were filled. We saw the manifestation of that and the benefit of that to people around them through healings, miracles, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, all of that. But as we're filled with Holy Spirit, we're going to see the benefit uh, of that in our, in our life. And, um, and it even just like I saw that in people's lives as a child, and I really like that Pastor Chad paused and spoke directly to the young people because there's no such thing as junior Holy Spirit. He is Holy Spirit for all. All ages. And the manifestation of the gifts are just uh, is available to a youth, a young person, a five-year-old kid. This is a 95-year-old adult. And I've seen things in action in my life um, to speak to that. But um, this verse in Ephesians 5.18 says, and don't be drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit or be inebriated in the Spirit's fullness. And it's a constant filling. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times. So we can stir up that gift that is in us. And I've learned that over the years. And, and sometimes I forget. Sometimes I start, like Pastor Chad mentioned, you start doing your things in your own strength and you're going to produce nothing. Just, you're going to get burned out. Right? That's not the, that's not the, the intention that God had for us to walk in the Spirit and to flow. That word flow is used a lot, to flow in the Spirit, that effortless flow. But there's a book I've read, I've mentioned it before, and I'm sure you've, many of you have heard of it. I can't even remember the author. I think is Brother Andrew, maybe. Um, but Practicing His Presence. And it, it talks about just being aware on a day-to-day, your walk in Christ. And when I read that book, I was, it helped me to understand, you know, I could go through my day-to-day 
um, life and forget who is in me. To forget to be God inside minded. And it, this, reading this book was just a reminder, even when I was at work, I just, I remember moments I'd just stop and, and thank Holy, Holy Spirit, thank you. You are present with me now. I'm just doing what may be considered a mundane thing, but you are with me now. And in those moments where I faced something that I didn't really know how to, to solve, a problem I didn't know how to solve, I would stop and Holy Spirit, the word says you will lead me into all truth. You'll, 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 you'll show me things to come. You'll, you'll reveal truth to me. You're my helper. I need your help right now. You're my teacher. I need, I need you to teach me something I've never learned before. I'm, this is a job I'm facing. Whatever that case. And I've, I've seen wisdom manifest. I didn't learn anything. Like through education, but Holy Spirit revealed the one who knows everything about everything indwells us. And what we need to do is understand that, believe that, and then walk in that and declare that and, and acknowledge that. Amen. And uh, really that's, I kind of got off on a couple other things, but um, if, if I would just encourage us all in one thing is just it's not a one-time experience, and it's a practicing of His presence. And it's a flow in our lives. It's to be a natural, supernatural flow in our lives. Um, and it's for all of us. That is His design. That is His desire. God desires us to walk in the Spirit more than we do. This is the way He, he designed it. So, that's it. Amen. You know, it, when you, when I hear people's testimonies like that, it's hard not to become en, en, envious. But you know, there, at the same time, my where, how I got to where I am today, um, I can't be envious of other people's testimonies because I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through the way that I, I came through. Right? And each of us come through a different different way um, and diff has different experiences and different testimonies. I mean, if everybody gave their testimony, I think you'd hear lots of different ways that people um, experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My, so for me, I, w I was born again at five years old. I went to a uh, Baptist cri uh, Christian camp, got born, they gave a salvation message. I went forward forward and got born again. The next night they gave a salvation message. I went forward and got born again. Didn't know what, I didn't, didn't understand truly what happened to me when I was born again, but I was born again. And then lived, um, our, our, our family attended a Methodist church. Again, I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm appreciative for all the experiences that I, I, I had and in the ministry that, that uh, I received from all of these, these, uh, churches and ministries and stuff like that but we were in a Methodist church I was involved in youth group and all that stuff but from the age of 16 to about 21 20 21 maybe 22 no. um, I was as filled filled with the world as you could be filled with the world I was all about me but what's funny is when I was out doing those worldly things I'd start talking about Jesus and my buddy would say say hey 
we can't talk about Jesus here. <laughs> like, it wasn't the right place to do so. So, I grew up in the Methodist church, and um, we, I, I truly cannot remember ever hearing an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior in that church, let alone um, anything about Holy Spirit. Um, we had uh, lots of clubs and stuff in there, and they good people who did good things, but there was no, nothing that distinguished them. And that's one of the things we got to understand, is, is there anything that distinguishes the church from the Lions Club or, or the uh, Elks Club or the Moose Club? You know, people that are out doing good things in their own strength, but not seeing true deliverance and freedom and power through the Holy, Holy Spirit. Well, anyway, so I, I never even heard of, heard of Holy Spirit. And uh, um, somehow the Methodist Church had, had some people going there that had a, um, a brother that lived in Colorado, and they hired him to come and be the youth pastor. And he came out of the Vineyard Church. And uh, he came, and, and, you know, I wasn't going to church at this time, and my dad encouraged me, there's a guy at church you need to, you need to meet. And so um, I met, met him, and he started a college and careers um, home group for, for my age age people and we started started going to to that and you know there was a a lot of uh walking through condemnation and shame you know a lot a lot of days crying on the living room floor um just over the goodness goodness of god and uh and during that time i i, I started reading through the new testament and uh um uh, one day i was sitting at my lunch break in my car re- reading, and I was reading the, the, the first part of the book of Acts, and I read through that. And I was reading through it, and I got to, to the first, I don't know, at least chapter 4 or something like that, and uh, and I just sat my book, Bible down, and I said, well, that, this don't look like the church. And I said, Lord, Lord, I want I want the church to look like this. And uh, And so, Got done with work, and that night was college and career night. And we walk in, and there's another guy from Colorado that showed up, and his name was Bob Madison. And he was, I didn't understand it then, but he was very prophetic. And as soon as I walked in, the living room was filled with people. Me and Amanda walked in. He he pointed at me and says, God's going to grant you what you asked for today. Me, not knowing anything, I said, oh, okay. And then we went through the the night as normal and we were in the kitchen afterwards getting coffee and I said you know I was reading the book of Acts today and uh, I asked God I said I want to see this and he got he said why didn't you say that when I told you that earlier because I didn't know I was supposed to because he was thinking he missed it and uh, and after that um, we I got some teaching on on the Holy Spirit and got prayed for probably three or four times to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the same gentleman, um, Bob Madison, one day he says, Chad, God just wants you to know that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay. So I just believed it. 
and then spending time in communion with God in my car as I'm driving and praying and stuff like that. I'd just be worshiping Him and, and I'd start stumbling over my words. And then it, it's almost sound like a baby. And I thought to myself, well, that's stupid. That can't be what it is. <laughs> and then I just said this to myself, well, if that's, if that's stupid, then I'm going to be stupid for the glory of God. I'm going to believe that I'm doing this. Doing this, this is it. I'm doing it for God's glory. Even if I'm doing it wrong, I'm believing that it's what God's will is for my life. And then from there, it just grew into a full prayer language and, and, and praying in the Holy Spirit. And as you can see, my experiences was, was much different from Pastor Tom's. Tom lived in an environment where the gifts of the Spirit were manifest, where speaking in tongues was a nat natural occurring, occurring thing. Mine, didn't, you know, and his, his sounds a lot more exciting. And mine sounds very dry. But understand, both of them were supernatural. I seen God was showing me the gifts being manifest by as he was leading me by myself. I, I got to see a word of knowledge. God's going to give you what you asked for today. I, I, I got to see people prophesy over me. I, I, I got to, to walk in some, just simply walking in communion because I had a desire to have everything to have everything that God has given me to be manifest in my, in my life. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to do not do not judge your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Do not judge your experience based off what you've seen other things happen in the flesh. You have to believe that you have Holy Spirit. Jesus says that if you ask for Holy Spirit, God is not going to give you a scorpion. He's not going to give you a rock. You know, if you, if you ask, ask for a fish, He's not going to give you a serpent, right? If you ask for an egg, He's not going to give you a rock, right? And if you ask for Holy Spirit, He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And it's that simple. And we're going to have times as we walk through this that we're going to pray for people that want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now by just saying, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. It's so simple. It's not about what men do. It's about what Jesus Christ has already done. What He has made available for us. Amen? But the, it, it really comes all back to desire. And there's lots of things that hinder us. And you've got to find out what's hindering you. Is it fear? Is it control? Is it pride? Is it bad experiences that you had in the past? Is it you're afraid of what God might have you do? Listen, that's a serious problem. If you're afraid of what God might have you do, that's a serious relationship and trust issue. To not understand that God wants the best for you. That God wants the best for you. In John chapter 14, verse 12, it says, Mostly assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. 
And greater works than these He will do because I go to the Father. Has Jesus went to the Father? Yes, He's went to the Father. So He desires us to do the works that He did. He desires for us to do greater works. And this is a truth that we need to get rooted in our mind. And understand. Listen, you need to understand this. That when Jesus walked the earth, He did so as the second Adam. He redeemed man as a man. A man had to redeem man. And because we were unable to do it in our own strength, in our own ability, God became a man. He was the second Adam. The works that Jesus did. You, need, you, this, you have to understand this because if you don't understand this, it will hinder you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. The works that Jesus did, the supernatural knowledge that Jesus had, was all done in partnership with Holy Spirit. Not because He was God. Do you understand that? See, if you think that Jesus was able to do the things that He did because He was God, and we are not God, you will be limited in what God wants to do in your life. But Jesus was baptized by Holy Spirit, just like we are told to be. Right? And the gifts and the operations that He did, He did as a man in partnership with Holy Spirit. And it's because of that is the only re way we, He could have ever said that the works that I do, you shall do. Because if He did the works that He did because He was God, you'll never do it. Because you're never going to be God. The ability, the power, the wisdom, the knowledge that He had is available to us because it was done through Holy Spirit. He lived a life showing us exactly what it looks like to, to walk perfectly in the kingdom of God amidst, amidst a fallen world. And this is impossible in our own ability. But we're not called to walk in our own ability, but we're called to walk in Christ's ability. We have the same Holy Spirit available to us that He did. You have the answer to every problem in your life, and His name is Holy Spirit. The church has an answer for every problem that plagues this nation. And the answer is Holy Spirit. That's how the church started. All the disciples were filled with the Spirit and received a new spiritual language called tongues. This gave them power to go out and witness and do the works of Jesus. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power. See, I feel like I have to say, you shall receive power. i got to say it loud. Why? Because I need to... Pump you up in the flesh. But if I say you shall receive power, there's just as much power and truth in this small voice as there is in me trying to pump you up. That's one thing we, 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 as a pastor we gotta, i got to be very, very careful of is that I don't pump you up in the flesh, but I, but I edify and build you up in the Spirit. You shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Holy Spirit is, we're still the witnesses of Jesus. We are still going to the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And they were all filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, if right now you're thinking, I don't understand this tongue stuff, guess what? By the time we get done with this, you'll understand it clearly. And you'll understand the importance of it. And you'll understand how it edifies and builds you up and charges you and, and, and reveals things that are to come. So, so just like the early church, it's still the same today. Receiving the baptism is, of the Spirit is key to releasing supernatural power in our lives and seeing the things that we read about in the book of Acts manifest today. i got a question for you. Have you ever read the last verse, or have you ever paid attention to the last verse of the book of Acts? No? Let me read it to you. This is the last verse of the book of Acts. It says, Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. That's the end. That's how the book of Acts ends. That's no ending. What kind of ending is that? Almost every other book in the New Testament ends with amen. Right? Peace, the peace of God and the grace of God be unto you. For some reason, the book of Acts just ends. Seems like there's no ending. It, don't, it didn't end. And what we've got to understand is that this is prophetic. It's prophetic. Because we are living out Acts 29 right now. The church hasn't ended. The, the, the works of the Spirit have not ended. We, those pages are still being write, written in heaven as we speak. You are part of Acts 29. We are the church in the world today still doing exploits in the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still doing through the church what He did when He walked the earth. Will you truly allow Him to use you to be His hands and feet? Will you allow Him to do His works through you? So many people, when we read that, that we get all tied up. We get all tied up with these works, my, these works shall you do in even greater works because I go to the Father. And we say, I wonder what the greater works are. I, 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 wish, I wish I knew what, the, what are the, what do you think those greater works are? Listen, don't ask that question until you're doing the works that he did. After you do the works that Jesus did, then you have the right to say, okay, Jesus, let's do some greater works. But that's God's will for your life. You understand that? This isn't, God saying this is for some people. This is the will of God for the church. That you operate in fellowship with Holy Spirit and God the Father just like He did and see the kingdom of God manifest in the earth. But will you allow, will you, will you submit yourself 
to Holy Spirit? Will you allow Him to manifest through your life? Will you allow God's glory to be revealed through you in this hour? Amen? We're just getting started. I hope the Spirit of Christ that dwells within you is being edified, is getting happy, 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 is desiring to know more. But listen, it doesn't end when we pray here in a second and you walk out those doors. Holy Spirit that is going to be with you forever goes with you. He is the true teacher. Not me. Not me. This coming week, introduce yourself to Holy Spirit. You're saying, I don't know how. Well, do you know how to talk to somebody? Do you know how to have a conversation with somebody? I met some of you. Some of you have a hard time with that. But, but just talk. Well, I'll feel stupid. Who cares? Be a fool for Jesus. People won't know if you're talking on your phone in your car when you're talking anyways. You can walk down the street now and talk. I mean, it used to be if people talked to themselves, they were crazy people. Now people got things in their ears and they're talking all the time. It's really bad when they're doing it in the public restrooms. You think you're in the stall next to you. You think they're talking to me. No. <laughs> This is the will of the Father for you. He, desire, he desires so much for his, his children. He desires so much. He desires you to show you things that come. He, he, he desires to bless you more than you can contain. And it's all through Holy Spirit. What, is that what you desire? I believe so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the adoption that we have in the Spirit. We thank you that you are with us. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would take the blinders off our eyes so that we can see you. So that we can see in the Spirit. That we would not be controlled by the flesh. That we would not be controlled by the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Uh, we will not be controlled by the things of this world or of this age. But that we would see you as you truly are. And then as we see you as you truly are, that we, you would hold up a mirror, that, you would, that we would see that we have been transformed into your likeness. And that we are in the vine. And the vine is in us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would take us into deeper place of intimacy. That you would speak words to us that are hard for us to believe. And we'd have to receive them by faith. That you would show us things to come. That you would cleanse our conscience from dead works. That we'd be, that you would Show us that we are not disqualified 
from anything that the kingdom of God has to offer. Father, we just thank you and we rest, we rest in your peace. And we thank you that you are, you are going to manifest your glory in all the spheres of this world, all, the, all those places of influence, that we're going to bring a counterculture of the kingdom of God to replace the kingdom of darkness. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisnewtestament.com.